Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. There were some present at that very time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So far, our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. We've been examining God's gift of repentance. Two weeks ago, we talked about what repentance is. Repentance has two parts. First, that we are sorry over our sins. Second, that we have faith in the one and only Savior from our sins. Last week, we examined the question, who? Who must repent? Well, of course, everybody must repent. But we need to avoid the temptation that repentance is only for the other person. Repentance begins with me. And now tonight, why? What's the big deal? Why must we repent? If you heard our words from Luke 13, Jesus very simply says, why? Why must we repent? Jesus says, repent or perish. Very clear. Repent or perish. Most of us know very, very well how cause and effect work in our lives. Something happens, good or bad, and that causes an effect, good or bad. Pay your taxes on time, and the government, for the most part, leaves you alone. Cause and effect. Avoid or evade your taxes for a year or more, and the effect will be an audit or jail. Cause and effect. We know very well how that works. We could go on and on with different examples. When people try to apply this cause and effect 
in a spiritual way, we come up with a funky word. It's called karma. Good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. If something bad happens in your life, well then you must have done something bad to earn it or deserve it. If something good happens in your life, you must have done something good to earn it. Karma. It's really in many ways the religion of our time. But it's nothing new. God's Word teaches us there's nothing new under the sun. The people who had approached Jesus in Luke 13 really believed in karma. They asked Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate mixed with their sacrifices in the altar. Huh, what's that all about? Remember when Herod had his stepdaughter Salome dance? Remember that? If you want to read more about it, it's in Mark chapter 6, a long, detailed account. Herod made a very foolish promise. Dance for me. Dance for me, Salome, and I'll give you whatever you want up to half of my kingdom. She danced, and then she said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Herod, to avoid embarrassment, Herod, to please the crowd, Herod did what she wanted to. But when he did that, he broke the law. The law of the Romans. The law of the Romans which said the Jewish people had no right, no authority to put anyone to dead. Pilate was mad. Pilate wanted to get even. He couldn't lash out directly at Herod, and so he waited for the opportune time. Many, if not all of the guests who were present for Salome's dance and the head presentation had gone to the temple to offer their sacrifices. Pilate sent his soldiers in, and there they were slaughtered. And their blood was mixed with the sacrifices of animals that they were offering. A wicked, horrendous scene in history. People heard about it. People knew about it. And the people who believed in this karma came to Jesus and said, Oh, those, those people in Galilee that, that had their blood mixed with the animal sacrifices, they must have been like really, really, really big sinners for that to happen, right? And Jesus surprises us. Because they really were big sinners. But Jesus says, no. He flips everything around. 
And he says, unless you repent, you will perish. And then now Jesus takes the offensive. He goes, hey, remember when that tower, that tower at Siloam fell? Natural catastrophe and killed all those people? Well, of course they knew that. Everybody heard that, about that. Do you think those people were worse sinners than everybody in Jerusalem because the tower just happened to fall on them? Jesus says no. But unless you repent, you will likewise perish. My friends, a cause and effect religion, a karma-like religion is nothing more than works righteousness. You are doing something to earn God's favor. You are doing something so that God will be nice to you or shower his blessings on you. That's contrary to every word of scripture. Repentance is not a good work that we do that earns our forgiveness. Repentance is not meritorious. Repentance is not a way that we somehow make God notice us and forgive our own sins. A sinner forgiving his own sins that is absurd. That is ludicrous. Imagine, if you will, a small child doing what small children do, running around the house, being out of control. And mom or dad say, slow down, settle down, sit down, behave before you get in trouble. But the little one, doesn't slow down. And before long, that very fancy figurine on the mantle is lying in pieces. The small child is very sorry. But being sorry will not put the figurine back together again. In fact, all the king's horses and all the king's men can't put the figurine back together again. No matter what we do, we cannot take our own sins away. So, the question is before us. Why must we repent? Jesus says, repent or perish. The world is perishing. It may not know it, but it is. We're not talking about simply dying, although that's true as well. All mankind fell in Adam's fall. We sang that earlier tonight. The whole world is perishing. And we are talking about 
perishing eternally. The whole world is headed down a slippery slope toward hell. And there is absolutely nothing any individual can do about it. Perishing is very real. And when Jesus says, repent or perish, he is basically saying, repent or go to hell. My friends, there is no cause and effect with regard to what we do in this repentance arena. There is no divine karma where if we do enough, if we pay, pray, or obey enough, that we can somehow balance out our sin by our good deeds so that God will reward us with forgiveness. It doesn't work that way. No. All we can do is acknowledge that we are sinners. Poor, miserable sinners. That we cannot save ourselves. That we need a Savior from our sin. And then, acknowledging our sin, throw ourselves, not at the mercy of the court, but at the mercy of Jesus. At the mercy of the one true God who created us, who has redeemed us, and who has called us to faith. My friends, we cry out for mercy, knowing that God is a God of steadfast love, slow to anger, abounding in love. The God who sent Jesus to live and die and rise for poor, miserable sinners like us. The Jesus who died and rose again so that we would not perish eternally. The Jesus who suffered hell in our place on Calvary's cross so that we would not suffer, would not perish eternally. My friends, something really needs to happen before we acknowledge our sin and beg for God's mercy in Jesus. We need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves before the Word of God. When we are full of ourselves, we can't see our sin. If we cannot see our sin, we have no need for a Savior. It hasn't been that long that we went through a very long and very painful election season and process. You know what it's like. Every politician on every level 
brags about how wonderful he or she is and how miserable and despicable their opponent is. We live in a world where there's almost 24-7, 365 campaigning going on. Politicians aren't the only ones who don't know how to humble themselves. It comes natural for each one of us. Our old Adam does not want to die. Our old Adam wants to puff itself up and rely on some cause and effect scheme. We don't want to humble ourselves and admit that there is such a thing as hell. And that apart from Jesus, people actually perish. No. Think of what happens whenever a celebrity, a movie star, a sports or political celebrity, think about what happens when they die. All we do is talk about all the good deeds they did. And we just assume everybody goes to heaven. My friends, that is one of the biggest lies that Satan continues to tell the world. Jesus cannot lie. Jesus looks us all square in the eye and because of his great love says repent or perish. Repent of our false humility. Repent of our false confession claiming cause and effect or karma. Repent of our inability and unwillingness to see our own sin and to claim that somehow we can save ourselves. Repent or perish, says Jesus. Repent or perish, says the one who came into this world to save sinners of whom I am chief says the one who lived a perfect life in our place, says the one who died the death we deserve in our place, says the one who rose victorious over sin, death, and the grave for us, says the one who delivers Good Friday and Easter to you in the waters of holy baptism, says the one who feeds you with his very body and blood as we live in this sin-filled world, says the one who has loved you with an everlasting love. Paul says it this way, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For you, thanks be to God. 
Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our repentance in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.